rookie mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake, I say, as I stab my knee into a, to the desk, shaking everything on it. I, I heard that. It sounded really painful. I know you did. I could, I could see it in the wavelength. Ah, all right. Everything, everything is going great. I can definitely unlock my phone by myself. I don't need help. I'm fine. How great are things going, would you say? All right. Things are okay. Things could be worse. I would say that they're going very great. Oh, man, I'm so glad that we got that on the recording. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to -to Direct-to-Video VHS. VHS. A podcast where we pair movies like Fine Wine. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. time we watched The Country Bears. Andy, have you mm-hmm. ever been to The Country Bears Jamboree? I have not. I have only ever... I think it was already taken out of uh, Disneyland when I went when as a kid. So I never got to go. I think it's back. I don't know for sure. I think it's at Disney World. It's definitely at Disney World... Um, because as soon as just after we watched this movie, Jamie got a notification just like randomly on her newsfeed that it was closing, but it turns out it's just closing for repairs. It's fine. Uh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The country bears focuses on a concept that was probably almost outdated by the time they did it, which is this like making fun of hillbillies and hillbilly music because it's just. It's just a fun time concept. We all love doing okay? it. Okay. Sure, why not? It's something that right now, if you want to find something like that, you can only find in like 100-year-old legacy comics. Uh, because who talks about hillbillies anymore? And yet the Country Bears movie refuses to allow a bear to play a jug or a, like anything with one string on it. Have you ever seen Emmett Omer? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I have I have I have not, but I know what you're talking about. Honestly, we probably should have watched that movie with this movie because the movie in the the music in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas feels more true to the country bears than this like pop rock country that they have mm-hmm. in this movie. And that yeah. is as I sat with it for a day. That is a my biggest problem with this movie. And I think part of it is that I don't like pop country music. So every time, every time they would play music, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to sit back, just sort of chill out and wait for the cops to come back because they're fun. <laughs> or Barry's brother. Oh, gosh. I, we're going to talk about Barry's brother. Dex, I think is his name. Dex. Dex, who I believe is not the middle brother from... Um, or, or not the older brother from Malcolm in the Middle, but I was but he convinced. he has his hair. He I was looked, convinced it was him, like, the whole time. I think he would have been too old to play this character when this movie came out. Yeah, I, I think so as well. he does look like him. I'm actually trying to find this guy. His name is Eli Marienthal. It is the voice of Hogarth in um, Iron Giant, which is fantastic. Oh, okay. Good, good pull. 
I will be um, honest, I think he is giving a stellar performance in this movie as the only person who sees things for how they are. This is this is the thing. It's like he came in from another movie, and everybody else has just grown up in this world, in the world of this movie, and bears are just like musicians, and he's like, that's a bear. There, there's a, there was a, a sitcom that my parents used to watch. I don't remember what the name of it was. It was in Spanish. It was a Mexican sitcom. And the bit of the sitcom was that everybody in this family wore like this absurdly 80s, like fluffy clothing. Okay. Except for the eldest daughter who wore normal clothing. And they were always like making fun of her. Like, why are you so weird? Why don't you, why don't you act like the rest of the family? Um, and <laughs> this is, this is this this, like a strange energy for a sitcom. I'm it's, kind listen, of curious about it now. It's, it's, it's not that good. Um, ah, pity, but, <laughs> but it was a sitcom that my parents watched all the time. Uh, and, I, I was thinking about it while watching this because, like, that's clearly what they're trying to go for with this character. Like, oh, he's, like, the only person in this weird world who understands that this is kind of an odd situation. This is a weird situation. I also, I want to be fair to this character. When I, when he was first on screen, he's clearly supposed to, he's supposed to be, like, bullying his little brother, but the way I, the yeah. only way I could read it was that he was fucking sick of lying to him. It's not a good look for him, because he spends, like, the first half of this movie just kind of being the worst. I, but here's, here's the thing, I was thinking about it, and if, I'm from a big family, if one of us was mm -hmm. adopted and my parents pretended they weren't, it would stress me out. Mm -hmm. Like, I would hate that. That sounds so gross to me, I guess. Yeah. For a child to like ask questions about their own personal history and not get a real answer from their parents feels bad to me. And I, I don't know. Family is complicated. But in this specific instance where the child is a bear, I think it's fair to say, yeah, you're a bear. You're a bear. And Barry clearly knows he's a bear, even though he doesn't know it, know it because he has an ongoing obsession with the country bears. And this is this is the thing that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Is this a world where bears just kind of hang out or is it not? <sighs> there are is only, as far as I can tell, even though they go to a honey bar. Yeah. There are only the country bears. No. Barry and... One of the country bear's girlfriends. No, you're wrong. Okay, who else at is the At the car wash in the background, working at the car wash, are two <laughs> other bears. <laughs> no way! There are. There are. And Tony, you know what? You know what? I think that's the only time they do that. That is astounding because they do, and I have to say it again, go to a honey-themed bar where they serve honey. And when they go to the wedding, there's like a whole salmon that one of the bears is eating. So, <laughs> so bear culture is part of our culture, right? So Yeah, right, exactly. So like what percentage of people are bears? Like a tenth of a percent? What are we talking about? If every bear, hold on, how many bears are in the United States? How many bears? Oh, we killed a lot of them. How many bears are, yeah, but we're doing reclamation in the U. Yes. This has got to be a question. All right. 465,000 at the most. Pretty low. That is, 
that's, that's not, not counting Alaska, right? That's that is that is absolutely counting Alaska. Shit, uh, man! No, oh, sorry, man, it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's not. Oof, okay. This is that excluding. Makes me feel a little better. This doesn't count Alaska, Idaho, South Dakota, Texas, and Wyoming, whose population sizes are unknown. So this is the, but this is this is like the maximum numbers, like five hundred thousand bears. That's not a lot of bears. That's like enough to make a state. And so my question is: is why are they hillbillies? Because they're from the mountains, I assume. I suppose they sure seem to live in. Why? I don't know where they're supposed to be? California somewhere, probably. And I thought they were in Nashville. Fucking, they could be anywhere. They I don't could be know. Anywhere. <laughs> they could be at one point. At one point, Barry starts running home, and I was like, I didn't realize we were close enough to your house. Now this is sorry. The Wikipedia page says, and big citation needed for this, that the film takes place in a universe where bears coexist with humans. But I don't know where they got that from. I don't think they ever... What they try to do is very clearly, like, Muppet rules, right? Where Muppets mm. are around and nobody really questions it. But it's weirder with just these big bears than it is with the Muppets. Because in the Muppets, they're, in, in the Muppets, bears exist. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Fozzie exists, but also bears exist. Yeah, frogs real. exist. Regular frogs are out there. Their legs are getting eaten. Mm-hmm. But Kermit exists, and the Kermit exists, and he's and his family exists, and his family exists. He's he's got like a big family. There's multiple frogs. He's got a nephew. Like, but but this is the other thing, right? And also, I might as well mention here that uh, the animatronic bears in this movie were uh, handled by the Jim Henson the Company Jim because, Henson of company. course, they yeah. were. Who else could do it? Nobody. They Come are. On. They are off-putting they are terrifying they look just like real fucking bears <laughs> do you know my favorite thing about this movie it's it, it, it I, I i do think that this is my favorite thing christopher walken shows up pretty early yeah to be like i'm gonna be the bad guy in this movie i'm trying yeah. to close down country bear hall and the bears are scared of him and that's great because they are huge. They look like real bears. And Christopher Walken's like, I'm scarier than you. And he is. He is. Like, genuinely he is. The thing about the Muppets, right, is that in the world of the Muppets, the Muppets make up like 50 to 60% of the population. That is, again, a bold statement. I would have guessed like maybe 20, but it's it fine. Depends, like a it depends on the movie, number. I think. That's true. And- in Muppet Christmas Carol, they make up maybe 70% of the population. No, absolutely, because the chickens are alive. Right, but in the Muppet movie, they they make up maybe 20 to 30, like a much smaller percent. In the Great Muppet Caper... Oh, there's a lot of them in Great Muppet Caper. The point is, wanna... yes, it, if you were in a world of the Muppets, you will occasionally run into a puppet that is unaffiliated with Kermit's group. yes. You'll have like uh, you'll have like the bit Great Muppet Caper where Sam the Eagle is there. He doesn't want anything to do with any of them. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head what the makeup of the Muppet movie, or I should just—I guess it was just called the Muppets, the 2011 movie. But I feel like it was a lot. Well, a lot of the evil coded characters were working with the bank that was trying to tear down the Muppet Hall. Mm-hmm. Just like in oh this movie, God, Jesus <laughs> Christ! You're right. It's the same. It's and there's even a fucking Muppet kid coming yeah. from a human family. Yeah, 
Oh my god! How did they do this again? I would I would say that the Muppets was ripping him off, because you gotta remember, they're both made by Disney. They were probably just like, let's rework this to work with the Muppets. I well, here's the thing is is that this this idea, right? Oh, the bank is coming for the town hall. That's like that was like the plot of like every show in the 60s. Hey, 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 let's back up and stop for a hot second, because I do want to talk about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The trope of getting the band back together. Yes. Which is Is that the- f- from the Blues Brothers? Did they invent that trope? No, it had to Because Blues to Brothers Blues Brothers reads is such a parody to me. It has to but be But I was watching this movie and it was like beat for it's- beat the Blues Brothers, and yes. I was just like, I wish I was watching the Blues Brothers. <laughs> like I wish this was Ray Charles doing this song right now. <laughs> The thing about getting the band back together in 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 Country Bear and Blues Brothers terms, yes, and in the Muppets terms, in the Muppets, is you have somebody who wants to get the band back together for whatever reason. They're trying to usually they're trying to save something. They're trying to save a building or an institution or something important, right? Mm-hmm. So they got to get the band back together for one big benefit show. They go and visit each individual band member who is in some way down on their luck in some way they want to get back together with the band even if they don't and so you get to like you get like snapshots of them in each of these different places you get like miss piggy writing for vogue i think and they come together they play the big show end of the movie i'll be Mm -hmm. honest the last time i watched the blues brothers i thought the movie went on for a little long but i think that finale is still better than both the country bears and the muppets which seem to think it's okay to just stop as soon as you do the show. And I'm like, that's not a real climax, though. Because, <laughs> like, what happened to the characters? Whatever. That might just be me. Because, again, I grew up on the Blues Brothers. The Muppets did a way worse thing where they didn't make enough money and then just beat up the people from the bank. <laughs> no, that's better, actually. I would argue that that's better. <laughs> I mean, That's- it's better, but, like, that means the next day the Muppets are being sued and their theaters being torn down. I, again, the Muppets exist in this, like, elevated world where they sure. could, I could believe that that is a solution, right? Um, <laughs> and why didn't they just do that? One of them's a bear. Uh, because cause they cause they wanted to, you have to do it the normal way first. That's how the Muppets yeah. roll. It also <laughs> feels very old school Muppets, right? Like classic for for just like some sort of slapstick, damage inducing finale. To here's the, here's the thing: the is show. Kermit the Frog beating the shit out of somebody is funny, right? Yeah, but I think Gonzo did it, and that's less funny because Gonzo, I I can see that from him. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean. Kermit has a crazy man. I don't know what he'll do. (laughs) Kermit has a darkness to him. If any of the, if Barry, right, Sora himself were to attack any of the humans in this movie, that's just a bear attack. Yes, that would be terrible. (laughs) And, and therein, I believe, and therein is kind of one of the biggest problems of this movie is that these bears are as a, as a piece of like technology, truly impressive but they do just look like big bears and it is kind of scary sometimes and yeah and part of that issue is that it can't deal with that because it's like a fucking g-rated movie right yeah so yes. it can't have a bit where they are scary mm-hmm. and it, they can't even do really like even like a muppet style slapstick 
explosion or smack or something because it would feel so much worse. I want, I like, I bet there was a bit where they tried that. We're like, oh, why isn't one of the bears just smack somebody? And they, they maybe filmed it and were like, this is terrible. This, well, I mean, so I, I tried to look into the production of this movie very briefly this afternoon, and there is like nothing. There is, it is almost impossible to find anything out about the production of this film. It's Christopher Walken brought his own gun. Yeah, dude, uh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Um, you know, there's some stuff you can find out about the making of the movie in terms of like, you know, like the, the like raw labor that went into making it. Cause this is, this movie looks expensive, but unfortunately this movie did, uh, uh, is, is a product of its time in two ways. One, uh, it was a flop, which means that Disney would rather you forget about it. And they're not entirely wrong. Not entirely I mean, they want you to re- they want you to remember the 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 attraction. They don't want you to remember this movie. Um, but the other thing is, is that this movie was produced and shot in I think a year because they needed to get it out ahead of the writer strike that was going on in two thousand and two. So so part of the reason why it is like that is that this movie was basically made a- as it was made, like written as it was made, which is. It didn't have really an extensive production process other than it's based on this attraction. You have 13 months. Do you want to guess how much his budget was? I mean, like you said, it seems like a really expensive movie. Mm -hmm. I also have no earthly idea how much money is, particularly in 2002. 2002, it really skews the curve. Is a hundred million dollars a lot of money? I think it sounds like a lot of money, so I'm gonna guess that. The problem is, is that something happens in 2008 that really throws off the curve of of my ability to guess <laughs> how much things cost when I was a kid. Impossible to know. This movie was made for a budget of 35 million dollars, which I think, which at the time and I think today, for for a movie like this, is kind of chump change. I mean, I think that I think that's impressive. Like, like you said, it looks like an expensive movie. They also get a lot of cameos from people who cannot be that cheap to get cameos from. It, it really feels like they were calling in, like, all favors. This Fucking, movie had a, okay, I know I already said my favorite part. Yeah. But low-key, my favorite part is when Elton John is there and doesn't sing or do fuck all. He, and they don't even realize it's Elton John until later. That is fucking hilarious. I I was kind of ho- I was I was like oh it's it's is that just supposed to be Elton John as a as a gardener that's a really funny bit so the reveal later that no that was just the real Elton John is choice I, that was one of the few times the movie got me to laugh this movie made eighteen million at the box office total womp womp mm. rough you hate to see it happen but honestly who was gonna go see the Country Bears well I can tell you one person who was really excited. To see the country bears. And it was me. Okay. At the age of seven. I hate this movie so much as an adult. That I. But I did love this movie as a kid. I'm glad that we finally hit one of those for you. I feel like we hit a lot of those for me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand how I liked this movie. It's so untethered from any plot or writing. So let me. Let me talk about one thing about the way they produce. The, the way this movie was not produced or advertised, we're actually getting to talk about the movie. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, we see the country bears when they're at their biggest. At their they peak. They are more of a rock group than a country group. I talked about that. Like, they're like pop rock country. They're like, I, I, I don't think we had the word for this in 2002, but they're what we would call stadium country. So they were in a packed stadium doing fucking stage dives and everything. They never went on tour. And I think if you got a bunch of people in fucking bear suits touring the country to promote your bad bear movie, I think that would be great. I just kind of wish that that had happened. I don't think that they would have been good, but I wish it had happened. One of the things that I don't, I've heard about this, but I don't, I wasn't alive when it happened. But we've Mm -hmm. talked about it before, I believe, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live shows that were like all over the place. Um, I think something that's more, like more within like my living experience is like the Wiggles. I want more bespoke children's live entertainment but then you you run into the problem again that these are just five big fucking bears. Andy, you run into the problem that that's fucking hilarious. As an no, adult, as I would an adult, find that as an adult, I would find that way more interesting than going and seeing the uh, Paw Patrol live in concert or whatever the hell. Okay, yeah, but go you don't go to watch the wiggles because you're a big stan of fruit salad yummy yummy you go because your fucking um, kid there, loves that shit and there are certain people who go watch the wiggles because they're a big stan of fruit salad yummy yummy maybe so but like your there kid- are let me say like women of a certain age who are very into the wiggles and now yes i understand but i just you Perhaps take men of a certain age. You take you take you take a kid to see this shit. They're leaving in tears. They're terrified. They might. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I there is a photo that my uh, aunt sent me, like not a week ago, of me sitting in a fucking Chuck E. Cheese fucking like little animatronic car. I look terrible. The photo's super faded, but like it doesn't look like I'm having a good time. Bear. Okay, we gotta talk about Barry. Let's talk about Barry. So, actually, yeah, let's. So, we. That was a documentary that was on that thing. Barry has an obsession with the country bears. Barry is, in fact, a bear. His obsession is because he doesn't feel like he fits in in his family because they keep on fucking lying to him. Because his, his parents, God bless them, because no one else will, found him at, uh, at a national park. So the story of this is very strange to me (laughs) because it seems like the Rangers found him and at least for a while had him walking around with a collar on to track him. And it doesn't sound like he had a bear mother at that point. And eventually some people came to visit the national park and just left with the bear. Not usually allowed. Yeah. And 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 quote showed him a bunch of Barney and pretended he was their son. End quote. I mean, this is, so this is what we're getting third hand from Dex, Barry's brother, who Mm -hmm. does like picking on him. And as I said, seems very frustrated with this huge ongoing lie that he is a human child Mm -hmm. and not a bear child. Barry is voiced by Haley Joel Osment, who's just doing the Haley Joel Osment thing, doing a great job. It's fine. It's fine. Barry's kind of a nothing character, but he's it's, just and fine. that's and that's kind of the thing is is Barry has like no defining characteristic other than 
feeling like they're a bear and being obsessed with the country bears, but like and some just some generic childhood naivete, you know, just like I believe that you guys can get together and do this because you guys can do anything because you're the country bears. Like, okay, whatever. I guess sure. But to what end, right? Is the thing that I always <laughs> ask myself, right? In and to talk about the Iron Giant, right? Because I brought Sorry, it up. Sorry, are we gonna come down really hard that that the country bears is not a, as good a movie as the Iron Giant? Because I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> that's fair. That's a, you're right. That is a little bit unfair, but like. What is the point of this character? If they are supposed to be just like a naive child, they're not they're not in that fun child shape, you know? The fun little child shape that other children would look at and go, "I'm one of those." Cuz he's a bear. Cuz they're a bear. They're also kind of annoying. <laughs> Cuz they don't do anything. Just kind of hang around until the end of the movie when they decide to run away again, but home? There's a subplot that does not exist in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie is better for this subplot not existing. But we talk about the demographics of this world. There are like seven bears. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, Barry should be one of these bears kids. Yeah. Yes. The, the fact that he isn't is fine. I don't think I would have liked that movie. Mm-mm. But in that case, they had to put more bears in. <laughs> they needed to, or just give Barry more character, more yeah. more attitude, something like Barry exists. Some attitude, sh- yeah. They, they, they. Maybe, maybe Barry's whole thing is that like they're 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 really they're a big fan of the country bears. But when they play music, they play rock music and not country music. And oh, that's something. Anything it just that they could have be, s- could be almost something if the bears didn't also basically just play, play rock, rock music. yeah, play stadium country, which is basically just yeah. like a knockoff of rock music. It's frustrating to me because it's like the the point of the character. I know what the I know why. Like, I'm not stupid. I know why the characters in the movie because fucking kids in 2002 don't give a shit about the country bear jamboree. That's a thing that their parents make them get on before they're allowed to get on Winnie the Pooh corner or right like well or i mean or because the line isn't long and you just need to go inside and get some air conditioning you sit at country bear jamboree yeah and like yeah like the kids don't give a shit about this about this ip so you need a character that kids can attach themselves to but again because that is not in that adorable tiny human size human shaped package it's not gonna do that the the i I will say barry does one other thing that's interesting that interesting yes. it's not the right yeah. word but he does one other thing to push the story forward yes he is the only one of the bears who does not talk in an extremely exaggerated country accent and the reason this is important is because sometimes you need somebody who doesn't talk in an extremely exaggerated country accent just so we can move the story forward a little bit faster because they all talk real slow i would argue that I don't remember the name of any of these motherfuckers. Ted Betterhead. We don't see him till the end, though. Yeah, but I would Ted's argue the last he, one. he doesn't. I would argue he doesn't speak in an exaggerated Southern accent. What's a little weird is that, yeah, he doesn't. But he is explicitly brothers with the one who does. Who does. Yeah, it's why. Who has the most, most. exaggerated country <laughs> accent. So. This is right, Ted. Like, okay, man. Can you stop because, slurring for a second? Yeah, because he just he just sounds like Diedrich Bader, who, by the way, double role in this movie. Give that man no an Oscar. Way. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Yep. That's... Diedrich Bader is going on my list of people that this podcast is uh has created a parasocial relationship with. 
No, absolutely. Because every time I see Diedrich Bader now, I'm like, yes, Diedrich Bader's here. This is going to be a fun character. Absolutely. He he plays the one of the police officers. Mm-hmm, the one with a fake mustache. Mustache. And he's also the, the and, and doing a really good job of like squashing his natural like he's if you've ever heard Diedrich Bader voice actor role before he has like a really deep vocal fry. And so he is like doing everything in his power in his role as a police officer to just squash that down. It was so funny to me, the police officers in this movie, they jump ahead a little bit. Barry runs away. Barry runs and away. his parents call the police about it because that's what you do. That's what you do. The police officers in this movie do such a dry humor. Mm-hmm. That like f- somehow still works in this over the top movie. They're probably I, the best part. Um, I know I keep on saying that like I had a different favorite part, but like the the the, the characterization, they just bring like a, a little more actual levity to the movie when the bears are just running around singing songs. Here's here's what it is, right? Is the country bears the teenage mutant ninja turtles, they are not. <laughs> no. They they do not have any like charisma. They don't really have any defining characteristics. They're not even the Blues Brothers. So I kept watching this and thinking like, oh, well, the police are chasing them because that's what happens in the Blues Brothers, right? Yeah. But the country bears are not allowed to commit crimes. Nope. So they like, the police just think they kidnap Barry and react. And for some reason, everybody reacts to this as a run away instead of like, Barry, did you run away from home? Mm-hmm. Go with these police officers. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not taking this lost kid with me on my reunion tour. Listen, kid, thanks for all the help, but it sounds like you need to get home to your mom and dad. Oh, yes. And then and now, oh, Barry's been denied by the one family he thought he had. P.S. The lesson of this movie is that family are the people who love you. That's what the movie says is its message. But, like, also fucking no shit. Like, why does Barry need to learn this? He was raised in an extremely loving household. His dad, Ben Stein, basically says he's his favorite son. It is so wild to me that that his dad says that we love you just as much as our other son. Maybe more. Maybe more. (laughs) Maybe. But to be fair, in his letter... To that he that the that the country bears read later, Barry does say that if they had met his older brother, they would know why he was miserable. I just here's the thing: his older brother is such a Disney Channel style mean older brother. It's comical in that he is not mean enough and like likes his brother too much for him to also be like the problem of the family. <laughs> Because, like, immediately after he runs away, he's like, well, like, I did not want that to happen. Like, you could see it immediately. And it's like, of course you didn't want that to happen. So why did it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Why did it happen? Because it had to happen. Because it had to happen. Stuff just happens in this movie. This this movie is ostensibly a musical. And we're not going to talk about it because all the musical segments are not good. One of the problems with the musical segments is that they are early 2000s. Yeah. Another problem with the musical segments are they are not only country, which is not a genre that I like particularly, but they are a style of country that feels fake to me. And it's okay if you enjoy this style of country, but it's not. like it's it's not what I grew up on, and I think it feels <laughs> a little weird and kind of 
borderline gross. I don't like. I don't know exactly how to define it. Mm-hmm. I also don't love pop music. So when pop music and country mix, it's not my favorite. Um, there's good country music that I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually sad. <laughs> like you know the you know the classic country music where like somebody's getting drunk because their wife left them and their dog died and stuff like that. Those yeah, yeah. are that's usually what... those are like that's more country to me than anything in here. I have a love hate relationship with country music, and I grew up listening to country music other and like music in Spanish. But like the only music I listened to basically throughout my childhood was basically like '90s, early 2000s country. And mm-hmm. this kind of country that they are doing in this movie is specifically the country music that I hated and made me stop listening to country music. And now all I listen okay. to, and now all I listen to is uh, like sad indie, uh, like sad indie jams and like synthwave because I'm that kind of a person. You hate to lose somebody to that, you know. It's and yet you know, hey, I it's what I like. <laughs> The it, it it's also like the music has nothing to do with like y- the trials and tribulations of the characters, right? Like we don't have a ballad of like any ballads by any of these bears about like them missing the times that have gone by. I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to keep talking about the Blues Brothers, but this is like then, shot for shot the Blues Brothers. So I kind of got to. Yeah. Then let's talk about Phineas and Ferb, right? Because <laughs> within the time span of 30 minutes, Phineas and Ferb did this exact plot and also gave every single member of the band a song. In a 30 minute episode? Damn, way yeah. to go with Phineas and Ferb. But I was I was thinking when you, when you brought that up, I was thinking about um, you've seen Blues Brothers, right? Oh god, not since I was a kid. But all right, see, I I don't, I don't want to drag this this on too much. If 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 you're not going to pick up on it, mm-hmm. one of the band members is married. Yeah, and working at a diner that he owns with his wife. Nice, good and for them. She sings. She is a famous singer who I cannot think of right now. I cannot think of her name because, frankly. She was before my generation because the Blues Brothers was also before my generation. I just grew up on it. Um, She thinks like her big single at him that is, you know, about having respect to her. And even though this is very jukebox musical, even though it's like, oh, this is the song that she has to sing because she's in this in this movie, it mm-hmm. works, and he gets up and leaves despite her big song, and that feels kind of important. Even though, like, here's the other thing about that movie, none of the band members are actual characters almost at all, because they're actual band members and not actors. Uh, so you kind of have to get that, that all that stuff across in the music and the songs. Mm-hmm. And this, to be fair, this movie does try to give them some characteristics, but it's not very interesting. <laughs> they want to play country music. It is not super clear until we meet Ted Betterhead why they even stopped. And I like Ted Betterhead because he was the first one who was like, you guys suck. It like sucks to be in a band with you. But also, that's still like not enough of a reason, you know? Like, no, but at I, least it was something. It was something. Yeah, there was... I was, like, grasping at straws. One of them says randomly that, like, the the one human that, that he called earlier was, like, the guy who stole the country bears from him. And I was like, what the fuck does that, does that mean? mean? Guess what? We never find out. Doesn't matter. Side note. This movie has a lot of funny ideas in it. Mm-hmm. One of the funny ideas is 
the drummer's a human. That is pretty good. When I first saw it in the in the in the in the documentary, where just it was fucking five bears singing a song and a human in the background on the drums, I was like, "That's great." Here's the thing: that character is nothing. Mm-hmm. I did not care for him. I super super wanted him to be one of the people they had to pick up, and for him to be for some reason like the only one who was a success. I thought that would be so much funnier, but whatever. First, first of all, that character is the uh, illustrious MC Ganey, who is like one of the most working character actors in Hollywood. Like he has been in a million movies and a million TV shows. I'm happy that he got the screen time then. Like he was sure on screen a lot. He sure was driving the van. We we know him as God. I think he was captain of the guard in Tangled. Interesting. That's interesting because he has a pretty deep voice as the captain of the garden. I feel like he doesn't in this one. He's kind of got a sort of a pothead roadie type voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a good he's a good actor. He tends to play like biker guys. It's kind of that's kind of been his thing, but because um, that's just what he looks like, you know. <laughs> but like he's been in like a million things. It's one of those things where it's like it is. He is so underutilized in this movie that it's like it kind of sucks. That yeah. he just is good to 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 have so little to do. So what happens in this movie is that Barry goes out, he runs away from home, he finds out that the Country Bear Hall is gonna be torn down by the bank, Christopher, Christopher Walken representing the bank. And he decides that they have to get the band back together, which no everybody thinks this is a crazy idea, it'll never happen in a million years. It's not clear why they think that. But then they go and they get everybody and they get them back together and then they play and it all works out. And here's my problem is that there's not that much left to talk about. I have like a list of my like stuff that I enjoyed, but it wasn't that much stuff. There is one thing left to talk about. Yeah. Which is the greatest twist, I think, in the history of film. It made this movie cinema for me. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. Let's. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about the Christopher Walken character for a little bit first, because I want to build up. Christopher Walken is Reed Thimple, who is a banker, who uh, is the new manager of the bank. Owner of the bank? They never really settle on what he is to this bank. It seems like the subtlety seems to be that he bought this bank specifically so that he could tear down Country Bear Hall. He has this great scene. Where it's he so has good. It's so good. Many, many models of Country Bear Hall, and he is smashing them. And every time, he doesn't change the line at all, which makes me think this might have been originally one scene. <laughs> and then they just repeated it but, in the edit. <laughs> but every time, he just goes. He puts the Country Bear thing. He pulls a lever. It smashes Country Bear Hall. A comical goes, anvil. Oh no, <laughs> Country Bear Hall. And he does that like five times. It's so, and then we get to, we even get to see him though. He picks up the like remains of the popsicle sticks and then throws them into a large pile of other models and he does it (laughs) again. And, and at first I was like, so this guy, this guy has no, this guy's whole thing. He just, he hates Country Bear Hall and he wants to destroy it. He has no other purpose (laughs) in life. He is the- Incorrect. I would have this. This is like exactly the character that we loved in um, 
and the great Muppet caper, right? Like just like a, a ridiculous, like a cartoon of a human being, and then we find out that he is not. He's not Reed Thimple, a banker. No, he is actually Benny Bogswoggle. And who now, listener? You might be thinking, who the fuck is that? Well, here's the problem: we left out some very important backstory for the Country Bears, which you you could be forgiven for thinking it was just a stupid joke they made. Yeah, but because it, it and to be fair, it is a, it is in isolation a great joke, which is that the Country Bears got their debut, their breakout hit, doing a mm-hmm. talent show, uh, and they won. They got first place, and second place was. Uh, an arm musician, so a guy who does like arm farts, and that's the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and that's not that funny. But the second place guy gets so upset, he throws a chair at one of them, which is so funny. Um, and that man, that arm fart guy, that was Benny. That was a young Benny Bogswoggle. Actually, I do quite like when Christopher Walken is like, it's like finally I'll have my revenge, and one of the guys is like, you threw a chair at me. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. It's Christopher Walken does such a great job too. It is it th- there is there is a gun in this movie for like three seconds, and Christopher yep. Walken is holding it and pointing it at these bears. And it is the only time in this movie I've been like, oh shit, <laughs> hold on, these bears, th- these bears could die. These bears could die right now. It, he does appear to have a fucking Wookiee style bandolier of tranquilizer darts so i think it's supposed to be a trank gun that's how they're getting away with this but he doesn't say trank gun and he is threatening them with it i also don't i know like i know what trank guns look like and like i could tell you right now that they didn't have one of those i think on set and i think they just used a real gun model (laughs) because yeah hey you know this listen this movie was made in a year like (laughs) they just they just went to the dollar store got whatever you know spray painted it black he is he is like genuinely Christopher Walken is a joy in this movie. He is like acting his heart out. At the mm-hmm. end of the movie when uh his his evil plot is foiled and all of the people storm into the barn, huh? Yeah. Uh to to watch the country bears perform. They like them coming in somehow pushes him out and as he's being pushed out he goes, "I hate you bears." And I was just like, "Yeah, this guy's great." <laughs> um He's having a good time. So many of the people who are acting in this movie are having a good time, and that's nice. I gotta say, it doesn't feel like sometimes we, you watch a movie like um, The Lone Ranger or <laughs> w- one of the later Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and you're like, everybody involved in this is having a bad time. It's stressful. We're all like, we're all you can tell that they're like working a lot. That the, the cast and crew is like really taking a hand out of it. This movie. It feels like everybody seemed to just have a great time. Now, unfortunately, the thing that came out of that great time is kind of terrible. But yeah. but I don't feel like anybody involved in this movie was like, you know, working a 40 hour day. Yeah, no, it just it just feels like a chill movie. And that is, I think, the one big point in its favor mm-hmm. that like if you're watching it, it doesn't sort of have that sort of. I would almost call it like an, an echo of stress. Yeah, I mean, like it, like it doesn't have that like veneer of like they were working so hard on this movie that this happened. It kind of feels like every scene at the house could have been filmed in a day or two, and maybe right. was. Yeah, like, I think it, it probably was. 
I almost want, I almost believe part of the reason why this movie looks so expensive is it's only practical effects. I bet that was also a cost-saving measure in 2002, you know? I bet in 2002, this movie looked cheap. It means that this movie has aged... Remarkably well. that way, quite well. Now, does it feel like the most early 2000s movie you have ever seen? It, in fact, does. I I cannot... I I do not need to talk about the fucking Spice Girls hair all over the place in this movie. (laughs) The the low-cut pants that everybody's wearing, the, like, light flare... All of them are faded. It's so weird how late 90s, early 2000s this movie feels. The the frosted tips on the older brother's hair. Yeah. I feel like we're wrapping up already. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention a couple mm-hmm. of lines that I liked in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some choice lines. Yeah, some earworms. Early on, early on, Christopher Walken is talking with one of the, I, I guess he, he just works at the Country Bear Hall. He's a, he's a big bear, okay? Yeah. Christopher Walken starts grilling him about what is happening with the movie. And he goes, over yonder, a monkey. And that entertained me so much because he put no effort into it. Christopher Walken does turn around. And instead of saying over there, he says over yonder. And I was like, I didn't think I would enjoy that, but I did. <laughs> um yeah that's big al i believe big um, al another one maybe my favorite one we'll see is when the two police officers have just gone into the restaurant that the bears have left one of them looks out the window and says suspicious activity at two o'clock yes and Diedrich fucking Baber- loves this i love this l- looks at his watch for like a second and a half looks up and says how could you possibly know that how could you possibly know that (laughs) he just sounds like kind of exhausted with his partner like okay at two o'clock oh and then one more i think Mm -hmm. they are watching uh Scooby Doo, a Hanna-Barbera yes yes a a Hanna-Barbera knockoff adaptation it's great because there is no earthly reason for this scene to even be in it, this movie. It it is it is used as like as a scene change. Like, oh, yeah. we're doing now now we know that we're in a motel. But it happens so out of nowhere that it took me a while to even realize that that's what it was supposed to be. So they're watching this very, very like low budget Hanna Barbera TV show. Mm-hmm. Um and they like fucking kill an alien with the power of music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all the bears are, are watching and it just pans back to them. And one of them just goes, that was bad. And that's it. Scene over. That it's, was I. That was great. I needed more shit like that out of the movie. Yeah, it's. <sighs> so actually, this is the, the other thing, though. Andy. Yes. How popular are the country bears? Like in the world of the show, in the in, in yeah, sorry, in the, in the world, the world of, of the movie. movie, in the world of the show, they appear to fight aliens, so they better be popular. They better be in popular. The world, <laughs> in the world of this movie, how popular are they? I think the movie is trying to is trying to give us the understanding that they are like the next Beatles. They are BTS. 
They, yes, here's the thing. They don't seem to realize that they are the most popular band of all time. Mm-hmm. They they live in a world where like country music is the biggest music of all time. It was already I, a terrible world. I suppose it could happen. But then they are the biggest country musicians of all time. Fucking Willie Nelson is on TV talking about how great the country bears were. Is it possible for them to be as down on their luck as they are? And I, th- it it just it it just doesn't make any sense. Like if you compare it to the Blues Brothers, the band in the Blues Brothers is never big. If you compare it to the Muppets, the Muppets were big, and it's it's a whole scene when they go to Kermit. It's yeah, awesome. and only only Kermit has money, and he's just like sad because he just has these residuals from the Muppet Show or whatever, and he's just like sitting in this mansion with nobody else around. Mm. But here, nobody has money, and I'm just like baffled like why 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 don't you have why don't you have money maybe that one human managed to get the residuals away from them but in that case why didn't he have money he he's just he's not even a character like he but no you know no he's not we are told that he has betrayed the country as before and then at the end he betrays them again he betrays them again it doesn't feel like a betrayal because we haven't seen him since the frankly (sighs) pretty okay scene where it turns out he's at an office supply store pretending it's his office like but why is he there why isn't he rich like i'm confused i'm can somebody should be rich from the country bears yeah it just doesn't make any sense and again it's one it it speaks to a lack of like thought or like effort like i don't care (laughs) maybe i mean because if the stakes were smaller right because the stakes in this movie are already pretty small but like, if it wasn't like we owe the bank twenty thousand dollars, if it was we owe the bank, which is like you know for all things not that much money, like you could get a you're you're a, you guys are a small business, you could get a loan. If they were a cult band, could yeah. they earn twenty thousand dollars in one night? That's what I'm saying. Is like maybe yeah, it, it would be good if it was if it was toned down a little bit, so we weren't stuck with this. Yeah, uh, my favorite joke in this movie happens at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Where I'm pretty sure the name of their first album is that one that be our first or something like that. Okay. And I really liked that. I was like, that's <laughs> that's pretty good actually. That that was the fun. That was that was the biggest laugh that this movie got at. I mean, it was like two seconds in. I felt like I needed more hillbilly style music, and it's not that I wanted it. It's that like if I was going to buy into this world at all it would also be funnier if they were the biggest band in the world and they were just a jug band that would be hilarious also i'm looking at i'm looking at this illustration of the country bear jamboree poster Mm -hmm. and i love this i love this art style disney doesn't draw characters like this anymore it's in that like almost robin hood anthropomorphic style Oh, I, d- I do not have it. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at these bears from the actual Country Bear Jamboree, and they do not, in particular, look like the Country Bears. Yeah, and that's... that's I guess that's kind of the elephant in the room, right? It's like, even yeah. if you're one of those Disney freaks... Sorry, they literally have a guitar with one string, string and a jug. They're a I'm mad band. about this now. Like I'm, They're... I'm legitimately mad about this because 
The only thing they kept from this was the harmonica. Oh man, these guys are creepy to look at. <laughs> they are. They are. They are very stressful. The the actual uh, audio animatronics. But huh. there's a poster. The poster of not the Grizzly Hall poster. There's a 2024 one, not that one. Oh, so actually that one looks pretty decent as well. I'm not. I'm not too fond of it, but. Oh, okay. I yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, they they do look like a a Robin Hood. I love this poster. This poster's style. great. There's a fucking kid on this poster, which means there was already a kid associated with the country bear. Are you shitting me? Hold up. There's a kid. He's holding a little teddy bear. Oh my god! What? Oh my god! Okay, I'm I'm I am upset now. So even if you're one of these, and I and I do, I'm gonna put. I, I'm stressing this appropriately. One of these Disney freaks who <laughs> loves the country bear musical jamboree. It's your favorite ride. You're not going to like this movie either because it's nothing like this. On the one hand, as the movie started, I was like, this movie knows exactly what it wants to be. They're going to make the Country Bears movie. It's going to be stupid. And you know what? I respect that. But it loses my respect as it goes on where it refuses to be the Country Bear Jamboree. And this is and I guess for me, I look at this and I see like, oh, the Emperor's New Groove truly is a magical thing. This, <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove could have been this bad. Right. It's, it's, the, it's the one movie that I know of that Disney made that was like functionally broken the whole way through. And they ended up with a great movie when like a lot of the times they have these broken movies and they're like, yeah, we're just, we just released what we had and this, this was it. I am more disappointed in this movie than I wanted to be considering now we have to watch another movie that I know I won't like. Oh, I know. And we're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room on that one as well. I, um, God, I'm looking at these, the, the, this vintage poster for the Country Bear Jamboree, and I genuinely love these characters and how they're designed. They look so terrible. The choice to make them look like real bears is more and more confusing as I look at these animatronics. Yeah, it's it's wild. I what if if this movie was like a like a space jam where right? all the bears are animated? What do you think about that? I think I don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked um, um, partially because that's fucking that's like another 50 million dollars. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, for sure. That's 100 mil easily. When did Looney Tunes back in action come out, actually? Uh 90s so i think a little earlier than this no although maybe no i'm way. wrong no because that was um that was brendan fraser that was brendan fraser he wasn't big in in the 90s yet i don't think he was big in 99 99 was the mummy 2003 okay wow like a year after this so i want to play a little game with you tony it's a game that we haven't played in a while okay the director of this movie unfortunately i don't think ever directed anything before or since this movie came out it seems to me like they were in uh, an, an an animation guy who somehow got this directing job. He doesn't. But I, I wouldn't say he was bad at directing. I would it be. Was fine. I would be. I'm a little surprised that it. And maybe they got like a like different smaller directors for different stuff. I'm a little surprised that it wasn't just directed by somebody who directed music videos. So I will say the the music video segments were specifically directed by someone else. Okay, that tracks. Um, I I don't know who can't get their name on can't can't get I can't find their name very easily, but their uh, director of cinematography. So the guy behind the camera, right? Oh, the okay. the guy physically holding the camera. 
his name is Mitchell Amundsen. This was his first movie that he had ever worked on as a cinematographer. And I want to read to you everything he does after this. Okay. Because my man has had a career. <laughs> this, by um, the way, this is one of my favorite things that we do on this podcast. <laughs> I love that the guy who did Mad Max did Happy Feet. I love knowing that in my head. Yeah, it's it's good information. So the director of cinematography, Mitchell Amundsen, did The Country Bears. Does not get a project for three years. In 2005, is the director of cinematography for Transporter 2. And then in 2007, works under Michael Bay for Transformers. Oh, okay. <laughs> then works with Timur Bekmambetov for the 2008 Curving Bullets movie, Wanted. Does G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in 2009. Now, is that the second G.I. Joe? That is the first one. Okay, okay. Interesting. <laughs> it's not coming Doesn't... back a lot for these series, huh? Nope. Does a, co- a teen comedy film called High School that I've never heard of. Bad name for a film. Right. Same year, director of cinematography for Jonah Hex. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, you remember I Jonah, remember Hex? Jonah Hex. I mean, I guess I didn't see Jonah Hex. I don't. I have no earthly idea if Jonah Hex is a bad movie or just based on a character that nobody cared to go see. Both are true. I can tell All you that right, both are excellent, true. Excellent. Twenty twelve. Get we get a double feature of Premium Rush which I remember, but I don't think anyone else remembers. It is an action movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he's on a bike. <laughs> I wonder why nobody else remembers this movie, Andy. And Red Dawn, the remake. <sighs> is that vampires? Sounds like vampires. No, that is Red uh, Dawn. North Korea invades the United States. Oh, starring, that movie! <laughs> starring Chris Hemsworth, Josh Peck, and bread boy Josh Hutchison. Yeah. Did people watch Red Dawn the remake? I did. I watched that movie on DVD. I also watched the original. The original's also bad, but it is a better movie. This, oh man, this really, the fact that the country bears is their first movie is so bananas to me. Because in 2013, they work on the movie adaptation of Odd Thomas and Now You See Me, the magician heist film. Now, is that the good magician heist film? Or is there another magician heist film that I am thinking of? This is the one that has uh, uh, a social network guy in it and Mark Ruffalo. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen the movie, but there's one of those that I know is supposed, like purportedly good. I Ugh. I can't tell you which one, but it, it's this one's this one. I can tell you that this movie gets a sequel and the sequel is not called Now You Don't, which is a shame. Hey, what the fuck? Hey. Yeah. What the fuck? I know, right? <laughs> it's part, sorry, a part of the Now You See Me series. Apparently there's going to be a Now You See Me 3 and it's still not called Now You Don't. Now You 3 Me. Now You 3 Me. Oh, that... It's bad, actually. You know what? I but I would <laughs> I would appreciate it if they did call it that because that is very bad. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sprint through these next ones. Uh, yeah. 2014 worked on a short film. 2016 did a sequel to an Ice Cube and Kevin Hart movie. 2017 worked on a Dax Shepard comedy, Chips. 
and also A Bad Mom's Christmas, which I believe is a uh, like a raunchy comedy with Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and Katherine Hahn. You know, yeah. peak peak mid twenty mid twenty tens energy. Twenty eighteen works with none other than Brian Henson, son of Jim Henson, on the Happy Time Murders. Is the director of cinematography for the Happy Time Murders in 2021? Is the director of cinematography for Home Sweet Home Alone, a Home Alone movie that came out, I believe, exclusively on Netflix? Gotta be Disney Plus. No, you're right, Disney Plus. You're correct. I was Disney Plus. I know has the other Home Alone movies. Well, do you want to know what else he did for Disney Plus? He did a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen in 2022. I bet you nobody watched that one. I don't want to say because it was bad, but because it's a remake of a movie, I don't think people will remember that well. And which it, in and of itself is a remake of a movie that people don't remember that well. Keep that train rolling. Uh, <laughs> Finally, this year was the director of cinematography for Renfeld, the oh. comedy movie about Dracula starring Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt. I'll be honest, that one's on my list of movies that I should, like, pick up and see at some point. Same. I've heard it's good. What a wild career. I saw the preview for it before fucking Cocaine Bear. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... You watched, you went to watch Cocaine Bear? Yeah, my cousin wanted to see it, so we went out Mm. to see it together. Fun. It was, I don't know if you ever saw it, I don't know anything about it. It's Jurassic Park. Yeah. (laughs) It's like makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot yeah. for shot, Jurassic Park, but except with instead a drug of, subplot instead of uh, smuggling out the egg subplot. Oh, that's fun. It it is actually a quite fun movie that like I expected to. I don't love gore. Like I expected to not be mm. into the gore, but it was yeah. just so dumb that I was like, okay, I'm for this. <laughs> I, I truly, my hat is off to Mitchell Amundsen, who is a person who I would love to talk to. They have had a wild career. Uh, we have so many of those people on the list now of like, gosh, yeah. I wish I could talk to this person about this weird shit that they did. Mm-hmm. I wonder how being a director of cinematography works, though. Like, as being like part of the industry, because directors choose who they work with a lot. But they yes. don't seem to be choosing him, even though he's he's like... He's done a lot of movies. He's like all over the place. I get the sense that he is not. A lot of times directors and cinematographers work hand in hand because director of cinematography, it just means that like all of the technical aspects of moving and placing the camera is your job. And then what that image looks like is the director's job, right? They often make choices about like what lenses to use during which shots, what type of camera. And they'll even often work on like color balance and stuff. So like. The director wants the image to look a certain way. Director of cinematography's job is to make it look like that by every technical means at their disposal. I get the sense that Mitchell Amundsen is probably just like a guy that everybody knows like is good. Like if he is working with this many directors over the course of his career, I I get the sense that he is just just a, a like a like a hardworking dude. He's not anybody's like best friend or go-to guy, but you don't get a career in this industry without being good at your fucking job. Right. I also do kind of wonder if, like, if a bigger director might do enough of their own director cinematography work that they don't necessarily want somebody who's, like, got their own strong opinions about it. Yeah, uh, that's And maybe fair. that's why he doesn't do that many sequels of, like, big movies, because it's like, 
well, now that Michael Bay has made Transformers, he knows what he wants Transformers 2 to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, at the same time, though, I'm, like, looking at this list of movies, and, like, he is all over the place in terms of, like, directorial style. I get the sense that he really is just kind of, like, a a very technical dude, very Mm -hmm. good at his job. And, yeah, I bet, I, I can tell you that, like, for certain directors, like, I don't know about Michael Bay, I don't know much about him, but, like, Steven Spielberg or, like, St- like, like Steven Spielberg is not a, he's not a technical guy. He'll be, he'll sit behind the camera, but he's, like, he lets the director of cinematography, like, do their, do their job, like, holding that camera. But I, uh, other directors are a lot more hands-on with that stuff, for sure. I'm trying to remember right. his name, the Zodiac guy. He's, he's one of those, but... I have terrible news. I don't know anybody's name, so I cannot. Help. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get like too, too, co- too lost in the sauce here. I just wanted to. This guy's career is so wild to me. <laughs> so that was the Country Bears. It was all right. I didn't like it. I mm. was the is the the. I'm never getting those 88 minutes back, and I'm sad about that. If you cut out every song in the Country Bears and replaced it with a song I liked, I would enjoy this movie. I know that that's, in, half, that's half the movie. I, yeah, I was going to say. If you I know replaced that in, half in, the movie. In one way, that's like a bad, a bad mark. But what I mean is like, I enjoyed a lot of the movie that was like stupid character moments and just like actors having fun with it. But the points where they were playing music, I was just like, I would like completely shut it out. I was like, I don't, I don't care about this at all. And if it basically, if it was a jukebox musical that I got to choose some more of the jukebox stuff instead of them, I think I'd have a good time. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I every minute of this movie, I could feel death themselves like tapping on the hourglass, and I just, I just did not have a fun time watching it. But I was excited to talk about it. That's how I felt about Balto too. um so next join us next time please lord because disney made not one but two movies about country music is that seriously what that movie's about home on the range yeah i i believe i've told you this before yes (laughs) i mean i know you kind of said it in in the last episode i'm just like i did not know that their last classically animated Disney movie. Uh, until? Until Princess and the Frog, but... Yeah. But well, for all good... For a good... Wow, for like a good five years, this was it. This was... This this had to... This was what had to be remembered. I feel like that's even how they advertised it. Like, they really pushed they the did. idea that they were like shutting down 2G, 2D animation. Like, this is your last chance to see this. And it was a garbage movie that I don't think they wanted to be very popular so that they were right in shutting down their 2d animation uh i don't know it feels it feels bad <laughs> i'm gonna watch this movie and i'm gonna feel bad the whole time so that'll be fun yeah it's wild i'm excited to watch that i haven't seen this movie since the year it came out and i remember even then it being kind of a garbage fire so how old were you we'll see uh i would have been nine years old Nine years old is mm-hmm. so young to be able to form the opinion that a cartoon movie is a garbage fire. This is going to yeah. be terrible <laughs> because if you at nine can realize it's terrible, it's got to be bad. Here's here's the thing, right, is Spider-Man 3 comes out in 2007. Spider-Man 3 is the first time in my life I'm like, oh, sometimes you try you can try really hard and come out with a bad product. 
Too many villains. Why are we throwing so many villains at Spider-Man? What's that about? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I think that I can confidently say now that Spider-Man three is not the worst Spider-Man movie ever made. But I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you about it. But I do think I would have to think about it and like really (laughs) parse them out. (laughs) Home on the Range really put a dent in my like, oh, every Disney movie is is one of the is the best movie ever. Like, really, I would I. I truly believed that every Disney movie was a home run until ironically home on the range. And then I was like, okay, movies can be bad. Movies can be bad. Thank you for listening to direct to video VHS. VHS. I have been your host, Tony Opusso. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. You can find me at blue sky at theater bats or inspired by true You can find me at timeunderpictures.com. Dot com. That's the Time Honored Pictures podcast. So your favorite podcast, favorite podcaster, podcaster. I'm terrible at this now. It's been too long again. I went yeah. on vacation in between the time that we did this one and, and this one. So now I'm yeah. Now well, I'm just, I've been I'm broken. I've been on vacation for my other podcast for a year because life has been crazy. But hopefully, and I know I keep saying this, <laughs> we'll be we'll be coming back. We're still we're still on it. I paid money to keep that website. We're going to do something with it. And whatever it is, you'll find it there. Uh, you can find the podcast at direct2.video or on the YouTube channel or fucking anywhere. You can rate it there. Why not? Thank you to... I find myself double checking now. Because last time was Lee Rosemary, so I got myself confused. But this time it's... It's Scott Buckley for the music Homeward we are using as our theme. I am the Ghost of Johnson. The tagline for Home on the Range is Bust a Moo. All right. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off! (laughs) This movie feels like it was a test of my my (laughs) conviction. I'm not a religious man. But you believe in putting the band back together because God told you to. Yeah, that's my higher purpose. (laughs) Right. So whenever there's a movie about that...